Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. If you're like me and suffer from insomnia, you know what? That's not fun. You know, I tried everything. I couldn't get a good night's sleep. And this is neither drug nor alcohol induced. That's right. It is my pillow. Mike Lindell invented it. And he fitted me for my first my pillow. And it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. And the good news, you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com, promo code Sean, and take advantage of one of Mike Lindell's best offers. His special four-pack, you get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows to go anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, no risk to you, and a 10-year warranty. You don't want to spend more sleepless nights on a pillow tossing and turning that's not working for you. Just go to MyPillow.com right now, use the promo code SEAN, and you get Mike Lindell's special four-pack. You get two MyPillow premium pillows, two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off, and you'll start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep you've been craving and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code SEAN. All right, glad you're with us on a Friday. Write down our toll-free uh, telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this program. Really, two big stories we are covering today in great detail. One has to do with this New York Times piece just breaking. The ever-conflicted Rod Rosenstein suggested that he secretly record Trump and then discuss the 25th Amendment. We're going to give you all the details of that. Then the ongoing, never-ending, nobody seemingly to know whether or not we ever, in fact, are going to hear from Professor Ford as yet new conditions are being set forth every day for any type of appearance. It certainly doesn't appear like it's going to be Monday. And whether or not the Senate Judiciary Committee goes along with these requests uh, is a question that nobody has an answer to. Uh, we've had a lot of big information as it relates relates to the deep state 
last night, and I'm going to get into all of that because it, it is applicable. And the president's announcement that, in fact, he, after consulting with the White House lawyer Emmett Flood, President Trump called the Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz to review thousands of pages of those classified Russiagate documents before he orders their release to Congress and to the media and to the press and to the American people, which means that's going to be a little bit of a delay. Unfortunately, this would be the FISA warrants, the 302 reports, the emails of Strzok and Page and McCabe and people like Bruce Orr and Christopher Steele and others, which uh, I am told would be devastating to all things deep state. Uh, he said in a statement, I met with the DOJ concerning the declassification of various unredacted documents. They agreed to release them, but stated that so doing may have a perceived negative impact on the Russia probe. Oh, because they'll be exposed? Because the entire case of of the FISA warrant, the entire probe, there was never any evidence, and that the only evidence that was generated by a gullible news media was their news leak, media leak strategy and the media leak strategy, just like the fraud committed to the FISA court, consisted really of one document that has been debunked. And that, of course, is the Hillary bought and paid for dossier. So, yeah, it would impact the Russia probe and probably put an end to it, which it should have been put to, to bed a long time ago with no evidence as they go out there and indict people that are never, ever going to show up in the United States for any type of trial. They were surprised when the bot companies decided to fight back. Now they're saying they don't want to give them discovery and then spending an awful lot of time. It's supposed to be a Russia probe, collusion probe, you know, delving into bank loan applications of anybody that seemed to be close to Donald Trump or tax returns and, and taxes that may not have been paid by people. Then you got key allies asking not to release at all meaning foreign allies are asking not to release. Well, maybe part of that is, is that they're sharing information, these countries together. You know, I've always uh, believed that, you know, sometimes to get around certain intelligence gathering, well, if your enemy does it and shares it with you, you didn't do it, so therefore you didn't break the law. Is that a possibility? I'm only asking questions here. But anyway, I believe the president says he will move quickly on this, the inspector general, and hopefully other things which he is looking at. We know he's looking into FISA now. In the end, I can always declassify if it proves necessary. Speed is very important to me and to everybody. Now, this decision was preceded by a series of conversations between the White House lawyer, Emmett Flood, and senior law enforcement and intelligence officials. Chief among them is Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. By the way, he's the guy that wrote the memo suggesting Jim Comey get fired. He's the guy that signed the final renewal application, the fourth FISA warrant against Carter Page. And we've since learned, of course, that the bulk of information that was provided to the FISA courts was the unverified, uncorroborated steel dossier that Hillary paid for. And even Rosenstein himself has said, well, if you put your name to it as a law enforcement official, you know, that's that's your name. You're you're saying certain things to the court. Well, they totally committed a fraud on the court because nobody verified, corroborated any of it. And the supporting documents surrounding it had to do with leaked information from the dossier to the news media. And then they put that in as if it was separate information, separate sourcing when it was all one sourcing. It's pretty unbelievable how this has all gone down. 
Why this delay is going in place is a bad idea. Anyway, Flood has engaged in those discussions for weeks, but the pace and intensity of the talks picked up considerably after the president's declassification announcement earlier this week. I don't know how long this is going to put a delay on this, but maybe next week, maybe the week after. Now, on Monday, the president ordered the Justice Department to declassify significant materials from the Russian investigation. In other words, I thought, where's Spartacus, Cory Booker, when you need him? Because Cory Booker should be out there championing, you know, transparency and, and the right of we, the people, to see this information. So the White House issued a statement saying the president was ordering the department to immediately declassify portions of secret court orders, specifically pages 10 through 12, 17 to 34, in terms of the monitoring and the FISA warrant against Trump campaign advisor Carter Page and the interviews that took place. We know Steele and Orr had a lot of contact with each other, that Bruce Orr became the conduit, if you will, for all the information that Christopher Steele was trying to put into the office of the special counsel, Robert Mueller. This whole thing is one big corrupt cesspool, incestuous waste pool. It's just despicable. Anyway, and it's a big, huge, massive abuse of power. And it's all been literally the, um, built on a foundation of lies and corruption. For months, people have been asking this. So that's, that's a minor setback in things. Let's see how this unfolds. But leads us to the big breaking news story that just came out moments ago in the New York Times. The headline, Rosenstein suggested that he secretly record Trump and he discussed the 25th Amendment, of course, where cabinet officials could actually remove a, a president if they don't think he's up to the task, uh, you know, has the mental capacity, for example, or if he goes under some type of surgery, then he would be removed and the vice president would then become president. Here's how the piece goes. Two weeks into his job, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein confronted with a crisis, the president's firing of James Comey. Now, by the way, he recommended that the president fire Comey as the FBI director. Anyway, he suggested last year that he secretly record President Trump in the White House to expose the chaos consuming the administration. And he discussed recruiting cabinet members to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Mr. Trump from office for being unfit. And Rod Rosenstein made those suggestions in the spring of 2017. That was when the president fired James Comey as the FBI director, one of the best decisions he's ever made. And then in the ensuing days, the president divulged, divulged that classified intelligence to the Russians in the Oval Office. So they say, no, that's not what happened at all. That was a media spin on, on what had happened. Anyway, Rosenstein, two weeks into this job, he began then overseeing the Russia investigation because of the recusal that nobody, it's inexplicable to this day, that was taken by the attorney general, who we never hear from, who doesn't seem to be involved in any of this or controlling any of this, which is Jeff Sessions. Anyway, uh, as he had begun overseeing that investigation into Russia, he played a key role in the president's dismissal in Comey by writing the memo that was critical of Hillary's handling of the email investigation. No, what they did is they put the fix in. They rigged the investigation. They had written the exoneration before they even did the investigation. And Rosenstein was caught off guard when the president cited the memo in the firing and he began telling people that he feared that he had been used. Well, either you believe he should be fired or you don't believe he should be fired. And Rosenstein made the remarks about 
secretly recording the president and the 25th Amendment in meetings, conversations with other Justice Department and FBI officials. Well, how can this guy be in this position if this is the type of thing he's been talking about? If he gets fired, it won't, would not surprise me. And many have been saying he should have been fired a long time ago, including me. Uh, several people described the ep- episodes insisting on anam- uh, anonymity to discuss internal deliberations. But the people briefed either on the events themselves or on the memos written by FBI officials, including Andrew McCabe, then the acting bureau director, who was, of course, we now know working closely on an insurance policy with Strzok and Page, all documenting Rosenstein's actions and comments. Now, what this means is there is a, I'm telling you what what this means. This is all written down somewhere. This is all about to come out. So there's a reason these things are being leaked to the New York Times this Friday. There's a reason that the president said, okay, I'm going to let the DOJ inspector general look at this first. Because what they've already found and we've been predicting would be damning to Rod Rosenstein. So anyway, this is probably only a small part of it, is my, is my initial guess in this. You know, people briefed on all of this say, anyway, Rose, none of Rosenstein's proposals apparently came to fruition. It doesn't matter. It's his mindset from day one. It is not clear how determined he is was about seeing this through, though he did tell McCabe that he might be able to persuade the Attorney General Jeff Sessions and John Kelly then the Secretary of Homeland Security, and now the White House Chief of Staff to mount an effort to invoke the 25th Amendment. What have I said from the beginning? This is a soft coup. All the evidence, all these deep state actors, all at different points, what do we have? At the beginning, they they protect their favorite candidate. Their favorite candidate then funnels money, campaign finance violation, through a law firm. They hire an op research group, Fusion, GPS, then they hire a foreign national, Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele puts together a series of documents. It becomes known as the dossier. The dossier is full of unproven, salacious lies about Donald Trump. That information is leaked before the election to hurt the president and influence the American people before an election so they'll vote for Hillary, the chosen candidate. But they still have an insurance policy in place, just like if you're 40 years old and you have a heart attack or something, and now we know what the insurance policy is. They took that same dossier that Hillary paid for and they started leaking it just like Comey leaked to get the appointment of a special counsel. Well, so too did other people, according to these these memos and these text messages of Page and Strzok, where they were leaking him with a media leak strategy for the direct purpose of also getting a special counsel appointed, all part of the insurance policy. And meanwhile, Lisa Page is admitting, and so is Peter Strzok, that they have zero evidence after nine months of investigation in a Trump-Russia collusion that anything had happened at all. There's no there there is what they said. Now, Rosenstein is disputing this account. Uh, The New York Times story is inaccurate, factually incorrect, he said. I will not further comment on a story based on anonymous sources who are obviously biased against the department. Biased against the department? The person that's biased here is the Department of Justice and the FBI against the president. Based on my personal dealings with the president, there's no basis to invoke the 25th Amendment. Oh, now he's sucking up to the president. 
All right, we'll get into all of this. We also will get analysis uh, from Sarah Carter and Greg Jarrett coming up on the program today. Also, big breaking news that Sarah and John Solomon had last night. We'll give, we'll delve into that more deeply. We have the latest in the ever-changing, will she testify or not testify, Professor Ford, and what the new demands to testify are. That's all coming up in the course of this Friday program. With only a kite, a house key, and wet hemp string, Benjamin Franklin captured lightning in a bottle. Over 260 years later, with a little resourcefulness, ingenuity, and grit, we're not only capturing energy from the sun and wind, we're storing it. Ensuring Americans have the energy they need whenever they need it. Learn more about the nation's leader in energy storage at nextereaenergy.com. Interesting development as it relates to this New York Times bombshell. Rod Rosenstein suggesting he secretly record Trump and discussing the 25th Amendment. Mediaite put out a piece today and they found a statement released today by Andrew McCabe. It didn't deny the New York Times report on Rod Rosenstein that he allegedly considered surreptitiously recording conversations with the president in an attempt to remove him from office. The allegation revealed in a memo written by McCabe. Quote, Andrew McCabe drafted memos to memorialize significant discussions he had with some high-level officials and preserve them so he would have an accurate contemporaneous record of those discussions, read the letter from McCabe's, uh, from McCabe's attorney, Michael Bromwich. When he was interviewed by the special counsel more than a year ago, he gave all of his memos classified and unclassified to the special counsel's office. A set of those memos remained at the FBI at the time of his departure. He has no knowledge of how any mention of the media obtained in those memos and Rosenstein who you know is saying it's inaccurate and incorrect uh I don't believe Rod Rosenstein in this case you got to remember Andrew McCabe is facing a grand jury and possible indictment and I bet that he's pretty pissed off that he feels he was singled out when he has the knowledge that Rod and others McCabe and Strzok uh, that they were all involved in this scam with him, all part of the insurance policy, all part of the media leak strategy, all part of the effort to undermine a duly elected president. You know, while the media has been literally fed a bunch of lies and take it and run with it every single day for two years, we have slowly but surely been revealing real truth, real evidence about high-ranking FBI, DOJ officials that have abused their power and their position first to stop Donald Trump from ever getting elected and then to destroy him when he did get elected. And that's what we're now living through. Now they don't want to hand over the documents that the president demanded be handed over because it's stuff like this that is going to be revealed. This is but a small portion preview of coming attractions. All right, let me see if I can put this together. And I know everybody's so busy and there's so many details and names and events that represent a lot of work that that our ensemble team here and on television have been all over and have been proven right again and again on about the deep state, about the sabotage, about the abuse of power. Uh, that has taken place at the highest levels of our FBI, Department of Justice, 
uh, within our government, all to pick and choose who a presidential candidate should be and to destroy the other presidential candidate and then to destroy the person that they didn't like. Let let me give you the, the Cliff Notes version so you really understand it. So it's 2016. We have an ongoing election. And if you remember, prior to the election, we ran into serious issues involving legality of Hillary Clinton and her secret server. In other words, she put classified, top secret, special access programming information on a mom and pop shop server in a closet at what's known as Platts River Network. And that information, it then became a criminal investigation with the FBI. Now that was taken away from the field offices, which is a very, very rare thing to ever happen. And guys like James Comey and names that we didn't know at the time, Peter Strzok and others were put in charge of this investigation. She was finally exonerated on July 5th of 2016. Then it reopened again after the Anthony Weiner laptop issue came up, but that's separate and apart. The only reason they did that is because they had that information for 10 weeks and those in the New York Police Department that were aware that they weren't telling the public the truth were forcing those emails out into public. That's the only reason that happened. But anyway, so James Comey takes it away from the field offices where the rank and file, the guys that do all the real work for the FBI, the people of honor and integrity that you can and, and should trust every day because they're putting their lives on the line for us. And it becomes now a bureaucratic protection mode for Hillary. In early May of 2016, we now know that Strzok, Peter Strzok, and James Comey were writing the exoneration letter for Hillary Clinton. And yet they hadn't interviewed her or 17 other key witnesses. In other words, that they put the fix in. The first draft of such, you know, pointed out that she had violated the law, gross negligence. Well, that is the legal terminology. Well, that was changed to extreme carelessness on purpose to avoid reaching the legal standard in the Espionage Act. Then you take it when they finally do get an interview. Fast forward, they're writing an exoneration all the way from May up until the time they interview Hillary in early July. So they interview Hillary presumably these other witnesses. I don't know if they even got to all of them. Anyway, Peter Strzok is one of the two people that interview Hillary, just like he was one of the two people that interviewed Michael Flynn. Anyway, three days after Strzok's interview with Hillary Clinton, then it was the infamous press conference of James Comey. Remember, bypassing the attorney general at the time because she, Loretta Lynch, was conflicted because just weeks before She had been meeting Bill Clinton on a tarmac in a plane for 45 minutes, supposedly only talking about their grandchildren. Nobody believes that story either. Again, putting more of a fix in here. Anyway, so Hillary, the favored candidate, gets to continue her campaign. And immediately after they exonerate Hillary, then they begin this phony Russia investigation. Not long thereafter. Lisa Page testifies nine months into the investigation, they had no evidence, but that's separate and apart. So at some point in this investigation, Hillary Clinton and the DNC funnel money through a law firm, Perkins Coie. Perkins Coie hires Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS is an op research group. Fusion GPS then outsources the op research operation 
to a foreign national, former MI6 spy by the name of Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele puts together these, these different documents. Together, they become known as the dossier. It turns out that they're full of unverified, uncorroborated, salacious Russian lies. This is where, you know, things like Donald Trump was in Moscow years ago and there's a videotape of him uh, with two hookers in his room in the Ritz in the Moscow and the, the hookers are urinating on the bed. Not true. Anyway, then in August of 2016, again, now we're getting into the critical point of this election. Then we know that this unverified, uncorroborated, the FBI never validated any truth to this dossier. They used that phony dossier that Clinton and the DNC, who she controlled the finances of, paid for. They used that then as the basis for what is the first FISA warrant application so they can spy on a Trump campaign associate, Carter Page. And that that would also backdoor them into all of the other or the rest of the Trump campaign because they have the right through the warrant process to go all the way back and go into every aspect and tentacle into the Trump campaign. That's what's dangerous. Anyway, so they didn't tell the FISA court judges that Hillary paid for it, although they knew it. They didn't tell the, the FISA court judges that they didn't verify it. They should have. It's a matter of law and as a matter of protocol. They didn't say that they didn't they'd corroborate any of this. They just presented it to the judge. And as Andrew McCabe had said, if there's no phony dossier, there is no FISA warrant by any FISA court. So there were multiple frauds committed against the courts. And it gets even more sinister. Then we have people leaking the information from the dossier, never corroborated within the government. This is this is when it gets into people like Clapper and, of course, people like Brennan and, and others because they want the information disseminated to the American people to create an image that all of this is true so that people will make the decision to vote for Hillary Clinton and they'll use lies and misinformation and propaganda and distortion to do as much. Well, that's not how it works in a constitutional republic. We have the rule of law and it's got to be followed. Nor should we have one administration propagating what their great irony here is it's Russian lies. Anyway, so as we've learned, the, Donald Trump shocks the world, wins the election, and then this process continues. There are three subsequent applications to continue the FISA warrant on the Trump transition team and then on the Trump administration in the earliest days. And then we get to the point where there is the firing of James Comey. And Rod Rosenstein had written a letter to fire Comey, recommending the firing of Comey. By the way, the president didn't even need a reason to fire Comey. He could do it for any reason using his constitutional authority under Article 2. Anyway, Rod Rosenstein also was the person that signed the last FISA application, the third subsequent application warrant against Carter Page. Now we have the Nunest memo after long investigations. Then you have the Grassley-Graham memo. And what did they discover? That the bulk of information presented to the court was the unverified, uncorroborated, Clinton bought and paid for, foreign national put together, Russian dossier paid for with funneled money. And that became the basis of everything. And what they, the way they would supplement their applications is by leaking specific information to members of the news media. Michael Isikoff is but one example 
and Isikoff would write the letter. It's presented in the in the FISA application as confirmation of the dossier that they're trying to sell the FISA court judges. It's the biggest fraud ever committed on a court. It's all done because they hate Donald Trump. You know, I can give you a lot more details here. Then you've got this whole group of people hating Trump before the election. Brennan, Strzok, and Page, Hillary should win a million to one. Please tell me he's not going to be president. Please, please, we'll stop him. And we've got an insurance policy. And then at the time, let's get this to Andrew before, meaning Andy McCabe, while he's the acting director, before we can do something else. And then they have a media leak strategy. James Comey, he leaked purposefully to the media and admitted it. Well, you're not allowed to legally do that. And he leaked it to his professor friend at Columbia that gave it to the New York Times. Then you have the media leak strategy of Strzok and Page and others. And what you have here is the group of powerful, powerful, powerful people using the powerful tools of intelligence that we give them to protect us, and they are turning it on the opposition party candidate before the election, then the president-elect after the election, and then the president himself, all in an effort to bring this president down. I'm keeping out some details, but I'm trying to give you the, the full context and texture of what's going on here. Now the New York Times is saying Rod Rosenstein suggested that he secretly record Trump and discuss the 25th Amendment. Now he's denying it, but there's a big problem for him. The New York Times has just released an article today as well. And basically this whole issue of Rod Rosenstein and his plan to wear a wire, obviously to entrap a president, his boss, is pretty clear now that we know the source of the information was Andrew McCabe, the one that's fired. We have a grand jury looking into him, which means deep state conspirators who tried to steal the 2016 elections, this is not going to be good for any of them, are now turning on each other because they all know that they're facing potential jail time, all of them, for their abuse of power, their misuse of intelligence. Anyway, the New York Times says the people were briefed either on the events themselves or memos written by FBI officials, including Andrew McCabe, then the acting bureau director, and that he documented Rod Rosenstein's actions and comments. And none of Mr. Rosenstein's proposals apparently came to fruition. It's not clear how determined he was about seeing them through, though he did tell McCabe that he might be able to persuade Jeff Sessions and John Kelly, the Homeland Security Secretary at at the time, now the, the chief of staff, that they can invoke the 25th Amendment and get Trump out of office that way. And McCabe, who was later fired, declined to comment. His memos have been turned over to the special counsel investigating the whether or not Trump associates conspired with Russia. No evidence of that yet. Just to the contrary, the only one that worked with Russia, paid for Russian lies, was Hillary. But a set of those memos remained at the FBI, and he doesn't know how it was given to the New York Times. But he's not. He's pretty much confirming everything that was said here. You understand how dangerous all of this is? This is this is an unbelievable time for all of us. You know, and then on top of it, look at what they're trying to do in the case of Judge Kavanaugh. It's the same playbook. Smear, slander, character assassination, besmirchment, no due process, rush to judgment, guilt by accusation, no presumption of innocence. It's one big, huge, left-wing, swamp, 
sewer game that's gone on forever. And then in comes the great disruptor, Donald Trump, and all of it is now being exposed. Both Sarah Carter and John Solomon had unbelievable reports last night. And new discoveries struck and page texts and emails have been unearthed, casting suspicions on the Obama administration's involvement in all of this. It was a text from on January 3rd, 2017, just before Trump is inaugurated, struck telling Page, well, he, like us, is concerned with oversharing, doesn't want Clapper giving CR cuts to the White House, <coughs> excuse me, just shows our hand and potentially makes enemies. We're unclear what CR cuts means, but it probably means classified raw intelligence. Now, in other words... According to all this reporting by Solomon and Carter last night, high-ranking FBI agent Peter Strzok was concerned that Clapper, head of the DNI, and the Obama White House would actually weaponize the intelligence against all his political enemies. They wanted bad information on Trump. They started this phony narrative to begin with. The same Clapper that spews anti-Trump vitriol on fake news CNN and the fake Brennan that does it on Conspiracy TV, MSNBC. Now, these texts occurred during a critical time, less than three days before the intel community released a report claiming the pro-Trump Russian interference in our elections. And just one more piece of evidence that at the highest levels of government, they were involved in an effort to malign President Trump. They tried to destroy him before the election, and they tried to get him removed after the election. Thankfully, we still have some people working in our bloated federal bureaucracy actively, you know, working for the Trump administration. But even Project Veritas all week has been showing all the saboteurs that are in just about every department in the government trying to undermine the president. I've never seen anything like it. And there's only one one thing that's gone on here. They thought they knew better than you, the American people. They thought you should vote for Hillary a million, hundred million to zero. And when you didn't do it, they set out because they knew better to undo an election. Well, what do you call that in any other banana republic? Because that's turning America from a great constitutional republic into a banana republic. And if this deep state doesn't get exposed, we're all going to be in trouble. The rule of law, equal application of our laws, you know, all of these things matter. Equal justice under the law, constitutional law gets literally stomped on and shredded if this isn't stopped and exposed all right sarah and greg will join us in the next uh hour at the top of the hour we also have more information on kavanaugh to give you all right glad you're with us hour two of the sean hannity show we got breaking news all over the place we have updates as it relates to the latest demands of professor ford and her attorney who happens to be a very left-wing activist who didn't believe paula jones and Defended even that creep Al Franken. Uh, we'll get to that and the status of all of that. Uh, it looks like one way or another, this is going to be decided by the end of next week. But more importantly, uh, the New York Times now with a big bombshell report. We've been telling you for a long time that Rod Rosenstein was a very, very conflicted figure in all of this Mueller investigation nonsense. He's the guy that wrote the memo suggesting the firing of Comey. He also signed the third renewal warrant, FISA warrant, the third renewal, the fourth one signed altogether that was based on Hillary's phony dossier. Well, now we know that Rosenstein said apparently more than once suggesting that he 
surreptitiously go in, secretly record Donald Trump and then try and get cabinet members, including General Kelly and some others, to join with him in invoking the 25th Amendment, rallying support among cabinet members. We've always said he's a deep state figure. This He only got the job, his position, because of the ridiculous recusal of the attorney general at the time. And, and that attorney general, of course, was Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions has been like missing in action. You can't find him doing anything. Now it gets even deeper into all of this as we now have McCabe, the deputy FBI director, that we now know a grand jury is been convened looking into his actions. He doesn't deny at all the New York Times Rosenstein report and a statement that he has memos that that absolutely back this up. In other words, he's the source for the Rosenstein bombshell. Now, why is this all happening today? And there's more news to get to. Why is it all happening today? Well, I think a lot of it probably is due to the revelation that the president has decided to allow the inspector general to look into whether or not there is any classified material in the issues involving the classification, declassification of certain documents involved in the Russia probe. And that would mean all of the texts of, of Strzok and Page and McCabe and, and Orr and Steele and everybody else, the 302 memos that we've told you so much about, the FISA application, particularly the one that Rod Rosenstein had signed, pages 10 through 12, 17 to 34. And now the Inspector General Horowitz is going to look into this. But there's another big question and new developments I just had during the break here. We have um, media liberals now are in a cold panic sweat over this revelation about Rosenstein. The headline over at Vox.com is Rosenstein's ouster may now be imminent. Well, frankly, it should be. If this is true and, and we have the McCabe memo that proves it, how could he possibly serve in that capacity? And that he has been part of this deep state cabal from the beginning. Remember, I just went through the last hour, first to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president and then to destroy him as president-elect and as president. Lisa Page's testimony, after nine long months investigating Trump-Russia collusion, they had nothing. So they came up with a media leak strategy and all the other developments we've been telling you about. Too many to mention now. But anyway, that's really bad news for Mueller's uh, Trump-Russia probe. Goes on to say Trump, who's long criticized Rosenstein, could very well use this to fire the Justice Department second in command. Absolutely he can. Now, here's even another twist to all of this that should blow you away. And this is in the New York Times report. Before deciding to appoint Robert Mueller as the special counsel, get this. Rod Rosenstein actually considered appointing the lawyer for Hillary's hatchet man, Sid Vicious Blumenthal. This is, uh, listen, if you don't, if you want to know the vicious side of the Clintons, there's your guy, Sid Vicious Blumenthal. Imagine having his lawyer as a special counsel. That who, who's Ron, who Rod Rosenstein was going to appoint. Now, Rosenstein also considered appointing as a special counsel James Cole, and, uh, himself a former deputy attorney general. Three of the people said, and Mr. Cole served four years as the number two in the Justice Department during the Obama administration and worked as a private lawyer representing one of Clinton's longtime confidants, Sidney Blumenthal. 
I mean, all of this is just the most unbelievable. What is it? It is all part of the biggest abuse of power scandal in American history. And by the way, the DOJ official who would replace Rod Rosenstein would be a Comey Mueller critic. It appears if the president does decide to fire Rosenstein over the latest New York Times report, which would be well, would be the right thing to do, in my opinion. Well, the next in line would be a, a person by the name of Noel Francisco, former George W. Bush White House Justice, Justice Department lawyer, whom Trump last year named to be the Solicitor General representing his administration and the U.S. government before the Supreme Court. And while his views of the Russia probe are not publicly known as a private lawyer in 2016, he accused Comey's FBI of overreaching and high-profile political investigations and overstepping its investigative authority arguments similar to those voiced by people like myself. All right, for the full hour now, we have Sarah Carter, Fox News investigative reporter. She's been there from the beginning. Uh, Greg Jarrett, author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Russian Hoax, The Illicit Scheme to Clear Hillary Clinton and Frame Donald Trump. And he is a civil libertarian, and he is a criminal defense attorney. David Schoen, welcome all of you to the program. Uh, Sarah, let's start first with you in the news. It's uh, getting louder by the second. It's getting louder, and Sean, they are going to have to actually announce or find appoint someone to do a thorough investigation, because now that we know those memos are out there, and remember, this is what Congress has been asking for for some time. There has been a big fight in getting McCabe's memos. A lot of people knew that McCabe kept copious notes. They wanted to see the memos. Now these memos have leaked to the New York Times, and it's explosive, because what it's saying is, is that Rod Rosenstein with others, along with others, look, Rosenstein wasn't just talking to himself. He wasn't sitting in an office just babbling like a lunatic. He was in there speaking with others. Jeff Sessions, other people within the office. He actually was planning on invoking the 25th Amendment. He was talking about that, of removing the President of the United States, of wiretapping the President of the United States. So the government definitely needs to investigate this. There needs to be a thorough investigation, and anybody connected to this is going to have to be removed. There is no way Rod Rosenstein can stay there. And you know what would surprise me even more, Sean, was the fact that the Department of Justice spokesperson uh, on background who spoke to both CNN and some other news outlets said that, oh, well, he was just joking around. Uh, you don't joke around about something like you that. Don't that's joke a, around exactly. Uh, that that is this. That's when you have nothing to defend. But it, it's interesting that Rosenstein himself went to the president to slow walk the documents that right. ha, that he declassified this week, and that he wanted unredacted in expeditious fashion. Now that doesn't mean it's not going to be released, but the inspector general is looking at it, and apparently the president said to do it quickly. Uh, your thoughts, Greg Jarrett? Well, Rod Rosenstein is being, as I've said on your air, has been trying to obstruct the release of documents because those documents incriminate him. And now we know the McCabe memos incriminate Rod Rosenstein. As I said in a tweet just uh, a short time ago, that Rosenstein was driven by vengeance to try to secretly record the president and to engage essentially in a coup, an overthrow of the Trump government. So Rosenstein must be fired immediately. He was clearly 
biased against the president, and yet he's the guy who is supposed to be objectively in charge of the Mueller investigation. So the special counsel investigation should be terminated. This illegitimate probe has been tainted by corruption from the very beginning. It's exactly what I argue in 12 chapters of my book, The Russia Hoax. Let me bring in David Schoen. David, at this point now, the deep state seems to be turning on each, on each other because McCabe had contemporaneous notes that he had written a memoranda that he had written that shows that Rod Rosenstein was saying all of this. Now, I don't care if you're liberal or conservative. If you have somebody in that position of power that has these radical views and is also conflicted every which way in Sunday, how does that person possibly survive? The only thing shocking to me is that we're still having this conversation. We've been talking about Rod Rosenstein having to go for a long time. It's a government of laws, not of men. It's not about personalities. This is, and by the way, it shouldn't fall on the president to have to make a move to fire him. Jeff Sessions must fire him. Jeff Sessions is in charge of the integrity of that department as the first line. He, there's no question about it. I don't, if he's joking, he should be fired for making that kind of joke. There, there's not a question anymore. And by the way, we've seen parallels to this thing when you talk about them turning on each other. Remember, Comey and uh, McCabe are at odds on their stories. Remember, we have the struck memo about a meeting that he had in McCabe's office with McCabe, he says. McCabe says he doesn't recall it, about uh, getting, uh, making sure that uh, Trump isn't elected and all that. So this whole crew has had these conversations. If you needed one other reason for declassification and transparency, this is it. I want to make one last point. All of these critics now, Nadler, whoever it is on the left, criticizing the idea of declassification. Their entire careers have been about open government and that sort of thing. It is President Obama who in 2009 signed Executive Order 13526 that made the president the final arbiter on declassification, and it was all on a campaign of transparency. This is why we need to have, you don't need any more evidence on why we need these documents out in the open. It's amazing. Democrats now are scared to death. Chucky Schumer with a statement on this, this story. Now, I wonder if he'd say the same thing if this was any Democrat. Uh, Rod Rosenstein wanting to secretly record the president and remove and commit a coup in America. Anyway, he said this story must not be used as a pretext for the corrupt purpose of firing the deputy attorney general in order to install an official... <laughs> who will allow the president to interfere with the special counsel investigation. Uh, Generals Kelly, Mattis, and numerous White House and cabinet officials have been reported to say critical things to the president without being fired. Uh, nice try, Chucky. I don't think that's going to work. Uh, Sarah? This isn't just critical. This isn't just critical. This is this is stating a coup. I mean, what we've seen, Sean, from the beginning has been a concerted effort to remove this president once he was elected, we knew beforehand they were trying to stop him from getting elected. After he was elected, there was an insurance policy. People were working in concert with one another to see him removed. And I'm telling you, the, the evidence just keeps growing. Every time we think, oh, there can't be more than this, something else comes out. Uh, right now, I think another issue, and I, I know what David showed saying, if, if Jeff Sessions even had an ounce of integrity, he would go ahead and fire Rosenstein immediately. The problem is, was, was Jeff Sessions involved in these conversations? 
So now who's going to take care of that? Because there may be evidence out there that we just don't have a handle on yet. And well, if Jeff by Sessions the way, there was, was a suggestion. It, it was a suggestion that, mm-hmm. in fact, Andrew McCabe has Jeff Sessions in one of these uh, rod rants. Now, he has a notorious temper, but all right, you guys stay there. We've got to take a break. We'll have a few more moments with David, Greg, and Sarah. Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tunsing at the bottom of this half hour. We'll have full coverage tonight. We'll get it together for you, 9 Eastern, and the latest on Judge Kavanaugh coming up. All right, here we go. All the evidence that you needed that, in fact, the deep state is now turning on each other. McCabe's lawyer has now come out and insisted that the memos that led to the New York Times article, Rosenstein suggested he secretly record the president and discuss the 25th Amendment meaning that he was trying to create a coup along with others, that now McCabe is saying that those quotes are accurate. We continue with Sarah, David, and Greg Jarrett. Greg Jarrett, your reaction? This was, and I said it a moment ago, it's worth repeating. This Mm -hmm. was an attempted coup. This was a plot to overthrow President Trump. And there were saboteurs uh, who plotted this in the Department of Justice, and the FBI, and I'll name them, Rod Rosenstein, uh, and he should be immediately fired for this. James Comey, he was a saboteur and a plotter, and he was already fired. McCabe, of course, fired. Uh, Peter Strzok fired. Lisa Page resigned before she was fired. These were all of the participants in an attempt to frame Donald Trump for something he didn't do, and they knew he didn't collude with Russia. Uh, They didn't care. They used a phony document that they knew came from a guy who just made it up, who hated Trump, and they used it as a pretext to try to attempt this coup of our government. All right. We're running out of time. Quick last comments from uh, Sarah and David. Sean, I believe there will be so much more evidence coming forward. There were more people involved in this. Now we know Rod Rosenstein and what his involvement was, as well as the other officials from the FBI. I guarantee you we're going to see more evidence come out about higher-level officials within other agencies, and we've got to keep our eye out for that. There needs to be a complete criminal investigation into this, and the government needs to purge those people from these agencies that were attempting to do this and expose them for what they are. David. If Senator Schumer and Jerry Nadler have a beef with anyone, it's with uh, Mr. McCabe. Tell him not to keep detailed notes. Michael Bromwich is his lawyer, former inspector general. He says he kept detailed notes. He's not a fiction writer. These are from his notes. Rosenstein is out. Sessions has to fire him. I don't want Noel Francisco in there either. It's a cesspool. Clear it out. Bring someone in from the outside. And all right. Schumer and the others. Thank you like- all. Well, more on Hannity tonight. Joe DeGeneva, Victoria, next. Straight from the source, this is the Sean Hannity Show. The way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, 
We have to have admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court. And we have to affix our signature to the charging document. That's something that not everybody appreciates. Uh, there's a lot of talk about FISA applications. And many people that I, I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA application. A FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, in order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief. Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is, if you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences. Yeah, is Rod Rosenstein now on the verge of facing consequences? By the way, the consequences should come from the attorney general. This is his job. He's the deputy attorney general. He's the head of that department. New York Times piece, Rod Rosenstein, suggesting that he, Rod Rosenstein, secretly record the president of the United States and discuss the 25th Amendment, which would be, in essence, a soft coup. And uh, apparently this is all factual and this is all accurate because we now have confirmation from Andrew McCabe's lawyers. And apparently he took uh, memos and notes to memorialize all significant discussions he had with every high level official. We need that information to come out once and for all. But anyway, he has now responded to this New York Times article saying that the memos that McCabe wrote, which are the basis for the Times story, are, quote, accurate. And the statement from the lawyer was Andrew McCabe drafted memos to memorialize significant discussions he had with high-level officials, and he preserved them so he can have an accurate contemporaneous record of those discussions. When he was interviewed by the special counsel more than a year ago, he gave all of his memos, classified and unclassified, to the special counsel's office. That now raises questions about the special counsel's office if they knew that Rod Rosenstein had an axe to grind from day one against the president. And a set of these memos remained at the FBI at the time of his departure. He had no knowledge of how the media obtained any of this. So all of this indicates McCabe is actively now cooperating and his feeling now that a grand jury is impaneled probably is why am I taking the hit when all these people did far worse? Now Vox is reporting that Rod Rosenstein's ouster may be imminent. We'll see if Jeff Sessions is awake today and paying attention to all this today. We have one report in Politico that was back in April of this year that the next in line would be an individual, Noel Francisco, a former Bush White House Justice Department lawyer who Trump last year named to be U.S. Solicitor General representing the administration and the U.S. government before the Supreme Court. And uh, he did at one time accuse Comey's FBI of overreaching in high-profile political investigations and overstepping their investigative authority. So he's made those arguments. Um, Rod Rosenstein caught in a big, fat lie now denying these uh, allegations. One other small point is Rod Rosenstein actually considered appointing the lawyer for Hillary's hatchet man, Sidney Blumenthal. Imagine this. Sid Vicious's lawyer, special counsel. you got to be kidding me. Now, earlier today, the president, just one last point, met with the DOJ concerning the declassification and the unredacted documents that he had called for on Monday. And in meeting with these officials, it might have even been Rod Rosenstein in this meeting. They agreed to release them, but stated to do so, uh, they're doing so may have a perceived negative impact on the Russia probe. They're trying to talk the president out of doing this.
The inspector general has been asked to review these documents on an expedited basis. And the president said he believes he can and will move quickly on it. In the end, I can always declassify if it proves necessary. Speed is very important to me and everyone. Joining us now, uh, Joe DeGeneva is with us. Uh, DeGeneva and Tunsing and his partner in crime and in life, Victoria Tunsing. Welcome both of you. Agreed from Columbus, Indiana. One last point. Chuck Schumer threw out a statement. This story must not be used as a pretext for the corrupt purpose of firing the deputy (laughs) attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, in order to install an official who will allow the president to interfere with the special counsel investigation. Uh, And he says uh, General Mattis, Kelly, numerous other White House officials, cabinet officials have been reported to say critical things of the president without being fired. This isn't a critical thing. He's talking about removing the president and taping the president of the United States. Yeah, hey, Sean, well, uh, I'm going to correct you. He was not. He did not <laughs> deny it. He said, "I was only kidding." That's really important for people to know. He did not say, "I never said that." He said, "Just kidding." Well, that's what this that's what his argument is now. Oh, just kidding. Let's maybe I ought to do this. But just kidding. That doesn't sound like the way that McCabe wrote it up is a just kidding memo. The, the 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 point here is, is that from the very beginning, when Rosenstein appointed uh, Mueller, it was clear that he had acted out of peak. He said in the New York Times article about two months ago where he leaked the story that he was embarrassed when he found out that the president had alluded to the Russian investigation in his interview with Lester Holt. In fact, Rosenstein was looking for any reason to make himself look good because that's all he's about. It was fairly obvious that there was no justification for the appointment of Mueller. And now we know because of Rosenstein's statements about using the 25th Amendment to remove the president with the assistance of cabinet members that he was engaged in a soft coup, not very soft, in my opinion, to remove the president. Jeff Sessions should fire him today. He should be out of that building. The U.S. Marshals should escort him out of the building if he stays one more day. The, I, I just can't imagine that he can stay any longer. By the way, by the way, he, he, his denial, which was printed in response to the New York Times story, is a joke. He says there is no basis currently to invoke the 25th Amendment. He does not deny what Andrew McCabe says in those memos. Can you imagine Andrew McCabe? Weasel number one, now ratting out weasel number two. This is like a mafia story. Well, you know, I'm reading that line, but let me be clear about this. Based on my personal dealings with the president, there is no basis to invoke the 25th Amendment. You think he was parsing his words? It depends on what is, is, John. Yeah, you know, I miss that, and I feel really stupid now that you pointed it out to me. Thanks for embarrassing the host on national radio with... (laughs) 590 stations. I really appreciate it. That's what, well, that's what lawyers are supposed to do, read yeah, that kind of language. Let me tell you something else bizarre. Here, listen to this scenario. Everything that Rod put into that memo to fire Comey was accurate. He, he, he listed all kinds of violations that Comey uh, committed, like holding the press conference and discussing the evidence, something that's never, 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 ever done. He said he's, everything he stated in there was not only accurate, but he went to bipartisan people. He went to Democrats who criticized uh, Comey in the memo. Then he gives the president the memo, and then he gets heat from the Democrats on the Hill. 
And then, only then, does he react and say, oh, I was embarrassed. I really didn't mean it. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It It is just unbelievable. So the process should be very clear here in terms of what should happen. This is now, now this is a test again, but he's failed every test leading up to this. If right. you're Jeff Sessions tonight, Rod Rosenstein comes in, oh, it's just a joke. I didn't really mean it. And Andrew's probably just mad because Andrew knows that there is a, you know, uh, a, a grand jury that's been impaneled, et cetera, et cetera. So he's well, not going to do anything. The, I, I, the, the problem for Jeff Sessions is, is that he doesn't have any choice. Um, I know that there's supposed to be a meeting tonight uh, when the president comes back. He's, he's on Air Force One, I think, right now, coming back from whatever he was doing today. I think it was a VA uh, event. The, 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 this is a singularly distinct moment for uh, Attorney General Sessions. He has, as you said aptly, Sean, he has not been up to any of the previous occasions. Um, he could save his job if he fires Rosenstein tonight. All right, uh, so but he won't. But he won't. Why, why do you think the president met with the DOJ. Apparently he was getting calls from key allies, he says. I can imagine who they are. You know, why do I suspect that, that, and I've heard this has gone on for many, many years, in the cases where surveillance is illegal, oftentimes allied countries of ours will do the surveillance for them, they'll do it to us, and then we get reports back and forth. Is that true? Yep. That's yes, true. It is. So yes. when I was a justice, that happened. Yes. So why do I suspect that the countries, whichever countries they are, key allies of ours, that they have been doing perhaps some what would be illegal on our part or on the part of our intelligence and maybe passing on key information that our government has wanted? And that's I can't think of any other reason why they would be engaging the president on this matter not to release or declassify or give away this unredacted material. So I assume that they may yeah. be complicit. Hey, Sean, yeah, they well, may have been told were... that there's cert- certain information that they are concerned about, but it doesn't mean that people have, did something illegal in their respective countries. There were times that we were prevented from going into, I think, certain sectors in, in when Berlin was divided, and we couldn't do it. And so then we would ask the Germans to do it because they could under their law. So there are technicalities in individual countries' laws that prevent you from doing something, but it wouldn't shock the conscience. It wouldn't make you think, oh, this is really bad stuff. It's just technical well, but, kind of stuff that they can but, carry but, out. But, but but here's the point as well. The Australians are up to their scuppers in this through the former ambassador, and so is the UK and MI6 up to their scuppers in this with regard to Halper and Mifsud. And there are things and activities which they were asked to do by McCabe and Strzok, which they did. So they have what are called equities in having their role not mentioned. I don't have any problem with that. I just want to know who the Americans were. Well, I want to know who the Americans were. But but listen, you know, intentions mean everything. If you go to an ally and you say, I need you to surveil Joe DeGeneva, and they do it for you, and then you get the, the information, really it's a backdoor way of breaking the law, isn't it? 
No, that sure. would be illegal. That would be illegal. You can't set up. You can't do. You can't set up somebody to do something that is per se illegal for your own. own well, but good. with the yeah. with the capability of technology, can't there be broad sweeping uh, intelligence pickups in in even entire states and regions? They have the capacity to do that. Then, of course, you can filter through it for keywords, key names, if you want, and then yes. you can get any yes. information you want out of it. Sure. So. So the reality is there is a way to bypass the Fourth Amendment to our Constitution and allow allies to do the dirty work for you. And the way they did it in the case of Carter Page was they lied and said that he was being recruited by the Russians and was thus becoming the agent of a foreign power, which they knew to be false. So that's exactly right, Sean. Yeah, but it was to our own courts that they lied. Well, the, I mean, well, we know we now know that four Pfizer warrants were four examples of a fraud committed on courts. We just know it. Oh, absolutely. And, and categorically, that is exactly what happened. They lied to a Pfizer court. The courts, by the way, have figured this out. And they that's why they favor the re- the release of the information. They said it's up to the executive branch, and we have no objection. Mm-hmm. By the way, from a senior DOJ official, this is just breaking from Fox, the meeting that is referenced took place on May the 16th, and attendance were Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, mm-hmm. Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, and other career DOJ folks. The official says... All of them have been talked to about this meeting after the story, including one who now, I guess, works at Uber. Uh, That's what it says. Anyway, there were tight memos from McCabe and Lisa Page about the meeting. Pages were more detailed than McCabe's, but they both mentioned this moment where Rosenstein yells at McCabe about wearing a wire. The official with direct knowledge from Rosenstein says that McCabe and Rosenstein were going back and forth at each other and a conversation got very heated and McCabe was saying that Rosenstein was getting in the way of aggressively investigating the president and his administration in the wake of the Comey firing. Rosenstein was saying that McCabe was shooting from the hip and going overboard in the heat of the moment he said, what do you want me to do, Andy? Wear a wire? This official said that it might not have been a direct quote, quote, but he said it several times. You want me to wear an effing wire? And then said it again. You want me to wear an effing wire? Are you serious? Um, and Rosenstein says something like, yeah, I'm serious. What do you expect us to do? And said he's incredulous. Interesting. And in the Times piece, it refers to Rosenstein's behavior as bizarre and erratic. And Final. indeed it is. Yeah. All right, last word, Joe. You get the last word today, not Victoria. Fire the SOB tonight. That's Jeff Sessions' job. Jeff, do your job. All right, thank you both. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. We haven't really gotten to the Kavanaugh situation and the ever-evolving terms that are being offered by the attorney for Professor Ford. We'll get to that coming up next and much more. All right, a lot of news we're going to get to. Hannity tonight, Rod Rosenstein was part of the deep state, has been from the beginning. We'll get back to that, but also the Judge Kavanaugh situation. We'll debate it coming up and much more in your calls. Final hour free-for-alls next. The latest being a letter from the chairman to the Democrats saying, we have done everything we can to contact her. That is such I can't hardly stand it. 
Of course it helps that there are women on that committee, but you know what? I expect the men in this country and the men in this committee, and many of them, believe me, because we all signed on to this letter to uh, demand an FBI investigation, but really, guess who's perpetuating all of these kinds of ac actions? It's the men in this country, and I just want to say to the men in this country, just shut up and step up. Do the right thing. This is what I grew up with, that men are supposed to protect I you too. from these predatory males. I do too. And they're not doing that. And believe you. But we have this, to... These people in Congress right now, in that Senate Judiciary Committee, these white men, old, by the way, mm -hmm. are not protecting women. They're yeah. protecting a man who is probably guilty. If you're not uh, Judge Kavanaugh, take the lie detector test. Yeah. Prove it the way she did and the way Anita Hill did, that they were not lying. Let's see that from you. Or are you a coward? Yeah. Dear Professor Ford. Dear Professor Ford. Dear Professor Ford, we know how difficult it is to stand up to powerful people. We want to thank you for publicly sharing your story of sexual violence. As members of the Senate determine whether Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh should serve as a Supreme Court justice, the Supreme Court justice. This context is critical. The behavior you described was wrong. 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 All right, credible, and yeah, we believe you. All right, news roundup and information overload hour on the Sean Hannity Show. Write down a toll-free number on this big breaking news day. Now, imagine a bunch of uh, conservatives said, yeah, Judge Kavanaugh is credible, and we believe you, and said, sister, instead of sisters, brothers, and there was a rush to judgment here. Imagine what the outrage would be on the left with that type of ad. You know, I, I went through this whole long laundry list of all these Democrats that are in trouble now, that have been in trouble in the past, and the very same people that either work with them or endorse them or support them, they have been utterly silent. Most recently, you've got Keith Ellison. This guy goes on to win the party's nomination to be the next Minnesota Attorney General. Well, the problem for him is a month ago in August, his ex-girlfriend went public with numerous claims that he not only physically abused her on multiple occasions, one instance she claims he violently dragged her through the house by her by her feet while she's screaming, get while he's screaming, get the bleep out of my house, get the bleep out of my house. Well, it didn't seem to impact the people of Minnesota as he won the party's nomination to be the next Minnesota attorney general. He is the mo number two most powerful man at the DNC. You have so many other prominent people that have been Kavanaugh accusers now, but you don't find any of these Democrats that are standing behind Ellison's ex-girlfriend. I haven't heard from Kirsten Gillibrand or, or virtually anyone for that matter. And Ellison's girlfriend just tweeted that the Democratic Party not only just didn't believe her, didn't stand as sisters with her, you know, didn't say she was credible, even though she had a doctor's report indicating abuse, and we're told that there are also video and audio images that she's not yet released. She tweeted the DNC, quote, smeared, threatened, and isolated her. Tom Perez is the DNC chairman, the number one, and Ellison's number two. He said he's proud that he made Ellison the deputy DNC chairman. And both Ellison, uh, we've asked them for comment, you don't get anything. You know, then you got, you know, the horrible things in the divorce papers of Sherrod Brown where his ex-wife literally details abuse allegations against him. Here's a small part of an ad that is running against him in the state of Ohio now. 
Now, Senator Sherrod Brown is facing his own Me Too movement from his past. These court records show sworn evidence that Brown's ex-wife accused him of abusing her. She said Brown assaulted her. A judge had to issue a restraining order. Later, she said Brown violated the court order, pushing, shoving, and bullying her. Brown claims it's a family matter, but his ex-wife, like other victims, has a right to be believed. This senator had to resign when evidence emerged he mistreated women. Why is Senator Brown different? Now, she might support him now politically, but pushing, shoving, and bullying is what the court record is. I don't hear any of his fellow senators uh, going to, to bat in that particular case. Never, never mind the Clintons. That's a whole separate chapter and verse. You know, exposing himself, Clinton, to Paula Jones and asking her to kiss it. Or groping and grabbing and fondling and, and, and kissing and forcing a kiss against Kathleen Willey in the Oval Office, or the allegation of rape, or the lies and smears that were told about Jennifer Flowers. You know, the, the, the Clintons are revered by these very same Democrats here. Uh, the double standard is breathtaking. All right, we're following that story today, and the other big story is a New York Times bomb that has come out. Rod Rosenstein, the man conflicted in a thousand different ways, as the acting attorney general, it seems, as Jeff Sessions is missing in action, that he suggested they secretly record uh, President Trump and discuss the 25th Amendment only two weeks into his job as deputy attorney general. And meanwhile, he was when he was dealing with the issue of firing James Comey. He wrote the letter of recommendation to fire Comey. And then, of course, he's the one that appointed Mueller because Jeff Sessions had recused himself. And meanwhile, we know he himself Signed the fourth and final FISA warrant. It's unbelievable what's happening. Unbelievable days. Anyway, uh, Jonathan Gillum and Danielle McLaughlin join us now. Uh, welcome, guys, to the program. Uh, tell me about the hypocrisy of your party, Danielle. Why the interest in one allegation 36 years ago, every other person in Judge Kavanaugh's life paints a very different picture of this man. And while I do believe it should be taken seriously... Uh, the very same people that are calling for such seriousness or or going against Judge Kavanaugh as a result of this. How many people are saying, I believe him. I believe him. She's credible. I believe I believe her rather. I believe her. I believe her. Uh, is that fair? Is that the presumption of innocence we all cherish dearly or not? No, it's not. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh has the presumption of innocence uh, and any rush to judgment here on either side is completely unacceptable. Um, I think that's why it's so important that next week uh, both parties get a full and fair hearing. Um, Dr. Ford needs to um, have her story heard and Judge Kavanaugh needs to have the opportunity to defend himself. Uh, both of their families are getting threats. Um, there is, you know, this will follow both of them around for the rest of their lives. And I don't want to see a rush to judgment on either side. I don't want to hear Democrats saying that he shouldn't be appointed to the court because we don't know what happened. We haven't heard from both parties. But I also don't want to hear Mitch McConnell say, you know, Judge Kavanaugh is going to be appointed. We haven't had the hearing yet. Jonathan Gillum, your thoughts? Well, having been an FBI uh, special agent and investigated crimes and done background uh, checks uh, for political appointees, there's nothing here. There's no... There's no provable, first of all, allegations. If we just went by uh, allegations that people make from 30 years ago on a daily basis and assumed guilt, as Kristen Gillibrand and the women from The View and all these other people say 
we should just assume guilt. Um, then there would be guilty people uh, or people charged with guilty uh, uh, outcomes in court cases all the time that aren't guilty. We can't do that. There's a thing called due process. And personally, um, if I was doing a background investigation and somebody alluded to something that was 30 years ago, the only thing that we would do is uh, turn that over in the investigation. And then if the investigating party wanted to follow up on that, they would turn that over to the local police to look into that. The point is, how are you ever, what is she going to add to her story that is going to convince people that this happened, considering it is the antithesis of what everybody else who knew him back at that time say about him, 65 women in particular. Then you have his other friends in high school that say he had impeccable character, his girlfriends in high school and in college and also in law school, and the people that worked with him in the Bush White House, and the people, women that have clerked for him as he's been a judge, and his fellow employees as he's been a judge, all speak that highly of him. So let's assume she retells the story that she told to the Washington Post, and with maybe some more details, maybe she remembers where it happened, etc. I think it should be taken seriously, but if, if if we get that story again in total, what does it mean? It does not. That's that's the right question. It is a good question. It, it, from, an, from an investigative standpoint, it does nothing because you're not adding any evidence of the proof of a crime. And I, I'm like you, Sean. I, I'm like Danielle. I believe in justice for all. I, believe, I have three sisters and a mom. Anybody tried to touch my sisters and my mom, they're going down. But in this case, from a legal standpoint, there is nothing further to add if there's no evidence. And having somebody testify in front of Congress versus an investigator going and interviewing somebody and then looking for evidence – it's nothing but a grandstand. It's grandstanding on a stage. That's it. Well, she's insisting that they be senators, although the the requests change seemingly daily. First, it was the FBI an investigation has to happen first. The FBI says that's not what we do. It, this does not involve any federal crime. And then it became a matter of we'll only talk to senators that like us and and agree with us. And then it evolved into, well, we're not going to do it Monday. We will try to do it one day next week. Uh, but we get to go first. Uh, I'm sorry, we get to go after Judge Kavanaugh, which doesn't make sense either, considering she's making the accusations and he should be the one that gets to respond to them after, I would think, Danielle, as a matter of fundamental fairness. Yeah, generally um, the prosecution um, will will go first and then a defence will go second. So it would make sense that Judge um, Kavanaugh would go after Dr. Ford. I, I want to speak a little bit to the allegations. Oh, and by the way, and then if she wanted say. to go back after him, she could. But uh, all right, stay right there. We'll take a break. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Final half hour. We'll get to some of your calls. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about the real dangers of addiction and opioid abuse that is going on in every small town and big city in this country today. All right, as we continue with Jonathan Gillum, author of Sheep No More, Danielle McLaughlin, constitutional attorney. Um, so we're talking about this whole case and, and whether or not uh, Professor Ford is, gets to testify either before or after Judge Kavanaugh. Um, I would think that in fairness that, that Judge Kavanaugh should go after her. Now she wants to rebut him after. I would look, they've I think they've done the right thing in the Senate Judiciary. They have tried to accommodate her. Uh, they've offered, you know, closed sessions, open sessions. They've op- offered to go where she is. Uh, they've offered all sort, sorts of cons- uh, accommodating concessions, as has the president. I think that's the right thing to do. But what is he going to be answering except that what she wrote in the Washington Post, not what she's going to testify to? 
Well, you know, we don't know if there's any more uh, colour to the story that she might tell. I suspect that she will explain to the senators how this alleged assault has affected her over the years. We do know that she spoke about it with her husband and, of course, a counsellor years ago, six years ago or so, and uh, waived that privilege so that those notes could be revealed um, to senators. I I think one thing that's really missing and it's really important here is that Mark Judge, who was an eyewitness to this alleged assault, is not being called by the Senate. And I think that's a problem. I know that he's denied it, um, but Jonathan, as you know, in law enforcement, uh, a witness denying they know anything about it is not sufficient to just put that witness to the side if you're really going to do an investigation. So I think that's that's yeah. a troubling element here that we're not we're not going to hear from Mark Judge, who was uh, you know alleged allegedly in the room with with the two of them. Last word, well, Jonathan Gillum. Well, when we when we're looking at the veracity of the statements that are, that's going on. Uh, and we're looking at the venue in which this is being held. I don't know any other court system where they're going to take a person and before they investigate a crime, they're going to put them in front of the national audience and have them attempt to crucify another individual. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the way that these hearings are unfolding. And I just think due process uh, should be carried out, and investigations should be done behind closed doors. There's th- this whole uh, thing about bringing somebody in front of uh, a, a, the TV cameras and Congress before an investigation is done for a real crime, which is not going to be able to be proven, um, would be uh, prudent here. It just we had we need due process, and I tell you, if you look at the totality of circumstances of both things, uh, what she's saying and the and the. Uh, the the characteristics demonstrated by the Democrats on this committee, the Democrats have shown more behavior that is criminal in nature than anybody else in this situation. And the way that they held the letter, the way they held it to the end, the way that they're grandstanding nonsense about uh, killing our judicial system, it, that to me is the biggest problem that we have here. All right, I'm going to have to let you both go. Thank you both for being with us. Toll-free telephone numbers 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get to your calls. You know, there is one death every seven and a half minutes, 192 deaths every day, 72,000 deaths annually, and it's called the opioid epidemic in every small town and big city. Every one of us now has been impacted by this. Every family, a fr- family, friends, somebody you know that has been impacted by this. Eric Bowling is one example, as he's been on this show telling everybody it can happen to you. We'll deal with that next and your call straight ahead. Hi, right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. We have a serious issue I wanted to deal with and I have an opportunity to today. Um... Addiction now, and especially opioid addiction, is impacting every single family that I know. This is, I mean, you have a friend, you have a relative, you have a family member. There's no, it is that deep and profound and is becoming that big, deep and profound a problem. And we see an overprescription of pain medicines in this country. There was one particular documentary I was watching that there were like 65 pills per person. Man, woman, and child in a particular county in Ohio, just astronomical amounts of of drugs being prescribed to people. Now, I'm not saying that these drugs are in and of themselves bad, but they are highly addictive. 
and people have taken things like Vicodin and Oxycodone and and uh, Percocet and Oxycontin, and very quickly, even many professional people, even doctors themselves and lawyers and teachers and, and policemen and firemen, you know, people like that are getting addicted. But more importantly, it's impacting our kids. And now it's gotten even worse because a drug called fentanyl is being laced and put into just about every drug that is being sold, even marijuana. I mean, if you buy weed, there you go. It's in there, too. You know, it all came crushing home to all of us at our Fox family. One of my good friend, Eric Bowling, it's just over a year now that he lost his son who had purchased a Xanax from somebody at school. A Xanax is, you know, an anxiety medication. Well, that anxiety medication was was tainted with fentanyl, and he died from that one use. It was over. And he's been working, I know, with the president very hard to make people aware of how dangerous the opioid epidemic is. And I know even the drugs that people are buying, the heroin that's coming in across our borders every single solitary day. You don't know who's making these drugs. And then people get it and they cut it. And then to make it stronger, they're adding fentanyl to it. You add a couple of grains of salt size. That's it. Just imagine two, three, four, five grams of salt and it's fentanyl and you add it to a shot of heroin. You're likely to die just from that one dose. It's that bad. And the level of addiction is out of control. We have some numbers. You get one de- one death every seven and a half minutes, if you can believe it, in this country. 192 dead people a day. 72,000 dead annually. And it's really something that is impacting small towns and big cities all across the country. In large part because these small towns and big cities are purposely being targeted by drug dealers in the hopes that they can get more people addicted. Anyway, joining us now, Missy Owen is the CEO of the Davis Direction Foundation. Kathy Glubber is with us, happens to be Newt Gingrich's oldest daughter, and I've known her for many, many years, and her leadership uh, consultation. She's been a childhood friend to Missy Owens for a long time, and they're both working hard on this, as is uh, the former speaker. Uh, the president now in the new budget that they're putting out sometime in October Well, they're allocating billions of dollars now to stop this opioid addiction and crisis that's now facing the country. Welcome, both of you, to the show. Thank you, John. All right, Missy, tell us, how are we going to stop these kids? This is how it happens. You know, kids go in grandma's medicine cabinet and grab a few Percocets, Vicodin, Oxycontins, and then they find out they like it. Then they go back for the rest of them. And then the next thing you know, they're trying to buy them on the street, and it's about 80 bucks a hit. Uh, or per pill, and then the next thing they do is, uh, well, some genius will suggest heroin, which is only $10 a bag, and it's a much deeper high. And they do one shot of heroin, and their their life is ruined. That's exactly right, and you pretty much described just exactly what happened to my son who started his addiction because he could not sleep, went to the family medicine cabinet, found Vicodin, and slept very well, had a natural high, and continued to take it till that prescription was gone and when he couldn't afford the lifestyle through pills on the street anymore turned to heroin i mean and that's the thing instead of 80 bucks a pill on the street you're paying ten dollars for a bag of heroin here's the problem number one you don't know where the original heroin came from and you watch some of these documentaries i was watching one called trade it's on showtime or or Nat Geo had a series called Drugs, and they're mixing these things, uh, some of it coming from Mexico, for example, in this particular uh, documentary that I was watching. Then they bring it into the United States. Then dealers are cutting it up. As they cut it up, they're adding other other chemicals to it. 
the most dangerous, of course, being fentanyl. Kathy. No, Sean, you're exactly right. And it is a, a terrible national crisis, which is why Missy and the Davis Direction Foundation are hosting the first of its kind conference in your, you know, Marietta back in Georgia, where my dad was from this September 26th to the 29th. It's an all about innovative recovery. People can go online to buildingcommunitiesofrecovery.com and learn about it because you know, everybody is impacted, Sean, as you've said, and it is horrifying. And Missy and her husband have built a dynamic, dynamic way to reach people and are focused on recovery and solutions. Well, I think that's a good point, too. Um, and and so tell me more about your son. Um, you lost your son, eldest son, Davis, a heroin overdose. How long was he addicted to these drugs, Missy? The best that we can tell, Sean, it was about 18 months to two years. He um, went through some very stressful things between high school and college, and that's when he started his addiction. He was 18 years old at that point, and he died when he was 20. That's so sad. You know, the one thing Eric Bowling always says when he's on the show talking about this, and I've had him on a couple of times, is he goes, don't think it can't happen to you. It can Mm -hmm. happen to you. You know, maybe That's you think exactly he... right. And Davis was uh, just an all-American kid. He was senior class president, and at the graduation, he gave the commencement speech to over three hundred and I mean three thousand in attendance, and then went on to be a dean's list student in college. But you know what we find is that, and I found this with Davis too, when he went through rehabilitation, and he only went through one time, he got sober, but he didn't get well. And we found that people get well in communities that embrace recovery and are actually supporting the recovery lifestyle through things like peer support and um, a place like The Zone that we have opened here in Marietta, which has become a local state and national model of recovery support. And it's a place where people come to stay in recovery. And we're providing free support and free I don't I don't mean to sound negative, but the odds if you become an opioid addict of full long term recovery are about 15 percent. That is true. Um, but, you know, if, what we found was that people coming out of rehabilitation and incarceration, nine out of ten of those people would go back out and relapse. So we decided, our foundation, to focus on aftercare from getting, from getting sober. And that's where we involve the entire community and have the community support to help others. And we, we help them getting jobs, getting housing, getting food, the basic, the basic needs of life. It's amazing. And, and it's amazing. That we're How... sharing in our um, recovery conference next week are the innovative ways that people are keeping people sober. Yeah, and you're also offering for other communities a replication toolkit. Have Do you have any numbers in terms of the percentage of success, those that go through your program, what the long-term success rate is for recovery? Well, we, we are looking at... 
keeping those things. We're very new. We're only two years old. But what I can tell you now is that when we opened our doors the first month, we had 340 visits to our recovery support organization. Today, we average, two years later to the month, today we average 3,500 visits a month, people Mm -hmm. seeking the services to stay in recovery. So this is all happening next week. It's a three-day conference. It's in Marietta, Georgia, at the Atlanta Hilton Hotel. Um, is it, what do you have to sign up for this? What do you do to be a part of this? You can go on www.buildingcommunitiesofrecovery.org. You can register there, or you can come to the conference and register. We just want people to come. And, and Sean, we have people from all over the United States coming to share uh special programs that they have that are working in four different areas, which are education, health and wellness, legal and law, and faith-based. So we have solutions in all of those areas. Yeah. Well, look, I'm sorry so much to hear about your son. Um, You sound a lot like Eric Bowling, and as much as you've taken a tragedy and you're using the opportunity and knowledge that you've gained to help other families, Uh, And I applaud you for it. And uh, Kathy, I've known you a long time. I know where your heart is and you're trying to save some lives here. Good for you. Well, thank you for your time today, Sean. It's it's really important to just reach out and let people know that there are some options and innovative recovery solutions. And that's what we want to highlight at the conference next week. All right. Thank you both for being with us. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Let's say hi to Ted is in Dover, Delaware on this Friday. Ted, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Long time, no talk. But everything is good on my end. I hope everything's good on yours. But uh, yes, sir. I, I got to get right to the point with Brent Kavanaugh. It's a disgrace and it's a witch hunt. And the only thing that really, really gets me is I want the American people and your audience to know that we vote these people in to run the Senate and the House in less than a month or so. This is all we're going to get. I think people are they sh- are just tired of it, man. And I think the Democrat Party has showed what they're going to do when they get in power by acting like this. It's just crazy, man. Well, I got to tell you something. It's absolutely insane right now, the environment we live in. Now, look, this is the silly season. It's a predictable silly season. It's 46 days until the midterm elections. If there's two things that you can predict with certainty, one is every election season, the Democrats will smear Republicans. They never have an agenda. They never change their playbook. Ever. Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, misogynist. They want dirty air water. They want to kill kids and granny over the cliff. That happens similarly with every Supreme Court nomination. It's smear, slander, besmirch, character assassination at the worst level. And and that's why I say everybody has well, everybody has a right to be skeptical. You know, in this particular case, because they've done this last minute game before. They do it all the time. And You look at the attorney for Professor Ford, and she is a political activist that didn't believe Paula Jones and said horrible things about her and supported Al Franken. She's not consistent on the the issues involving women. Nobody's questioning her credibility. I haven't heard any of these same people go after Keith Ellison. So we know it's political. And but with that said, it's a serious allegation. Let the women woman be heard and let all the people that have also known Uh, Judge Kavanaugh, over these many years, let them speak out. 
Yeah, and I the, agree with you 100 percent, man. Thank you for keeping us sane, Sean. I mean, thanks for your information and your, your fight back, man. It, it, it really it really makes me understand why they do what they do. But at the same time, it's just frustrating because they get away with it time and time again. But I think the American people are going to step up and we're going to change this, man. It, 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 this can't go on much longer. You know what I mean? You got it, sir. All right. Thank you for being with us. Uh, back to our phones we go. As we say hi to Donna is in Staten Island. Hey, Donna, how are you? The all-new AM710 WOR. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm good. What's happening? So, like the caller before me, I'm very disturbed that somebody can just come out of the woodwork after three decades, make disturbing allegations, and almost destroy some, possibly destroy somebody's life as, in addition to their career. And then on top of that, they get to make terrorist-type demands, in my opinion, in an attempt to pervert our justice system. How on earth is this happening? This is really scary to me. And, I mean, I don't know what the, um, what the opposite word of a misogynist is, but it seems like our society is tending to go where if you're a man, you're automatically vilified. And I find mm-hmm. that very alarming. I have a son. My son's a great guy. He's respectful. Oh, no, no. This is guilt hard. by allegation. No due process, no no presumption of innocence, nothing. This exactly. is a, a rush really to judgment. To everybody that says, I believe you, you're credible, I believe, I believe, I believe. What if everybody came out and said they believe Judge Kavanaugh? They'd be excoriated for being unfair. You know, let the process play out fairly. They can be partisan, they can be bitter partisans and hacks, and they can do their thing, which they always do. But at the end of the day, I don't see what the the woman is describing is consistent with the rest of his life. Um, Just the opposite. This guy does sound like, you know, somebody that everybody had great respect for. But with that said, let's hear what she says and listen to her closely with an open mind and see if she has any proof or evidence or if she can remember more details. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. The Burner, less lethal, pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. 
proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. 